M. Rossiano. If a girl looks like me, I'll go for it. I mean, come on. You've got to respect that. <laughs> and Michael Lucas. Like, it's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on. We've all accepted the fact that pants are necessary. This is M. Salation. It's the perfect level of it absorbs you, you can obsess over it, and then still have a wonderful night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. You're in M. Salation. Well, hello there. And welcome to M. Salation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a stand up comedian, a writer, a singer, a maximalist power queen, and together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter and 16-time Actor Award nominee, Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every Thursday. Oh, it's going so well. It's so professional and I knock the microphone. <laughs> I mean, guys, come on, that was my most professional entrance ever. God, shit, I ruined it. Anyway, uh, we bring you this podcast every Thursday. And it's a podcast full of things that have just really floated our boats during the week. And this week, it's very movie heavy because movies are back, baby. I went to the James Bond premiere for Never Say Die, Time to Die, Never a Good Time. Oh, probably should have thought about that. I mean, I watched the thing. It went for 20 hours and I'm still recovering. No Time to Die. Uh, It's, of course, Daniel Craig's fifth Bond movie and final. He's made five in 15 years. James Bond is still hooking up with 20-year-old women, so not much has changed. It's got a good ending. Also, we talk about House of Gucci. That premiered also this week. <laughs> Gaga is serving looks. I'm most excited about that. Today I'm wearing my Gucci jumper, the one I bought with my breakfast radio money when I was sad. I bought a lot of sad Gucci. Like I had to sage all the Gucci I bought when I was earning breakfast radio money. For those of you who don't know what breakfast radio money is, it's it, like – Breakfast radio people, especially in Sydney, get paid ridiculous amounts of money. So much money. But it's to try and balance out the utter despair you end up in, the tired, self-loathing spirals, never-ending self-hatred and tiredness. Anyway, I bought a lot of sad Gucci. I'm wearing Gucci today. This is the jumper I interviewed Chris Hemsworth in too. It's got some nice memories, not just bad ones. Um... We also talk about Wicked, the movie is coming, of course, big casting announcements and one particular person we're all hoping we don't get to see. You know who that is. We'll talk about that later. And Michael featuring in DNA, Australia's premier gay magazine. He was in there. It's very funny actually. I think I'll have a breath now. How are you? How are you? Thanks for being here. If you're new, welcome. <clears throat> if you're a long timer, thank you. Thank you for coming back each week. I love our community. I was talking about us in an interview this week, actually, and just saying my favourite thing probably to come from the podcast, the greatest byproduct is the byproduct is the community that sprung from it of like-minded individuals, of delightful weirdos whose Venn diagram of interests cross with mine and Michael's, and it is a weird old Venn diagram of politics and penises and pop princesses and all the things between pop culture and. You know, it's just nice. Someone used the emsolation safe word in the wild. A woman was wearing a Maximalist Power Queen T-shirt and a fellow emsolator spotted her. I think it was in Kmart and went up and said, John Peter Farnham, and they, like, embraced. No, they would have fist bumps. It's COVID. No one's embracing. But I love that. See? So good. I'm good. I, as I said, went to a movie premiere last night. 
I saw Shayna Blaze on the red carpet, Shayna Blaze, the designer from the block. She is the ultimate glamour walk bogan. I love her so much. It has got way too many cushions and way too many pillows and it works and I love it and that's the bed I'd leap on. Skirts a little bit short. I'm a glamour walk bogan, obviously, so I do enjoy my own kind. She's delicious. I said to her, Shayna Blaze, I call her by a full name because if you have a, la a name like that, you like it needs to be said in its full. So Shayna Blaze, how is this season of the block? I mean, I didn't watch it, but I did see a lot of headlines around it. She said, oh, my God, the drama. And then she said, but I swan in on Sundays, do my thing and leave. But, my goodness, the online, it was next level. I said, oh, no, Shana Blaze. And she was there with it, Shana Blaze Jr., her daughter. Her name's not Shana Blaze. But they were a fabulous duo on the red carpet. I was obsessed. I posed for an awkward photo on the red carpet and I had my Gucci bag, another sad Gucci purchase, my amazing Gucci bag with the bamboo handle, and I had it facing the wrong way. Like... Chella said to me, oh, I can Photoshop it. I said, it doesn't matter. It's out there. What a loser. <sighs> you know, I'm not great at red carpets and I'm trying to be a better person and better public person and you need to go to these things so people see you and then they look up your stuff and your profile grows and all those things. I'm really not very good at them and I say weird stuff to journalists and I start in the middle of conversations and all the things I now know are related to being neurodivergent but it still makes me nervous. I was nervous the whole time. Poor Scott. Scott was there and he's matching purple velvet. So that was kind of fun. I'm going to Melbourne Fashion Week opening on Monday night. Guys. <laughs> now, I, you know, I do love fashion. I am a secret fashion collector and connoisseur amongst my family. I'm, I don't know how I got invited to that. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm grateful. I have to go on my own. They're like, oh, Em won't be able to bring a guest because um, of COVID. I was like, could you think of it? My manager's like, you don't, we, you don't have to go. Like, we know this is your worst nightmare. And I said, it's fine. I can do this on my own. So I'm going to be going. Can you think of anything more intimidating to show up to than the Melbourne Fashion Week opening night? Someone like me rocking in on my own. <laughs> I'm wearing purple, like Gaga wore to the Gucci premiere. My friend Lara, who uh, is the head designer of House of Zhivago. I only wear Zhivago to red carpets, you know that. She's uh, sending me a dress, a purple, beautiful purple dress. So I'll be, at least I'll look right. It'll be great. It'll be fine. I have had an interesting November thus far. Last week I did tell you about how tired I was. I battled in November for a reason. I guess I did, wasn't really ready to talk about last week, but I did have a bit of a moment in my garden. The baby that I lost four years ago, Ray, he was due this week. Oh God, I feel like I feel like all of all of the grief and all the things you think you've overcome. When you start talking about it, you realize you've compartmentalized them a bit, and they've just come and slam me in my face. Okay, <clears throat> she'll swing from Gaga to grief. He was due this week, and when I brought him home from the hospital, because. I didn't want him to go into medical waste and if your baby is not a certain age, you usually don't get to take them home. But my mum really fought hard for me and my um, obstetrician, Lloyd, and they allowed me to bring him home. And if you've read my book uh, or listened to the audio book, I kind of detail what happened because it's not something that ever gets spoken about. And I remember being in on online forums late at night kind of wildly searching, you know, how, how do I bring my baby home, he was only 15 weeks gestation and, you know, not, not considered a, a person, although he very much was to me. And I did get a commemorative birth certificate, which made, 
it did make a difference. So if you've lost a baby or if you've had a miscarriage, I do recommend doing it when you're ready. If you're in Melbourne, I think it happens in other states as well. So when I brought him home, we, we buried him under a tree, under a bottle brush tree, and it's never flowered. It's never flowered in four years. And I was out in the garden and um, there's one flower on it. I did write about it this week and just one beautiful, perfect bottle brush flower blooming the week he was due. And I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. So I kind of took that as a sign and I was in the garden with Elio and I realised that, you know, if Ray didn't leave me, Elio would never have arrived. It's a strange place to occupy and I've spoken about it before when you look at the child that came after the child you lost. It's not an emotion that has a name. It's kind of like, you know, bittersweet gratitude, I think is the best way to describe it. So, yeah, I was I was a bit wrung out by it but also able to kind of just let a bit more of it go because the grief and the guilt I carry just sit very close to the surface. And as you can see, if I just talk about it, I can access it and tap into it at 10 out of 10. As you all can, as you know, when you have a traumatic event happen, a, a traumatic loss, you can get on about your life. And as the years go by, it gets easier to function, doesn't it? And it gets further and further away from you. But the moment you meaningfully think of it, you can be just back there at a 10 out of 10 and that massive wave knocks you over. So, yeah, it's been it's been some kind of week, but I'm feeling good about everything. And um, Scott has even noticed just I'm able to articulate how things are happening for me better and I feel like I'm finally at 42 on top of my mental health and dealing with things and um, re-entering life some capacity. There's lots of things to look forward to, obviously. So that's where I've been. God, what an intro. <laughs> Imagine if this is the first time you're listening to Emsolation. Oh, yeah, I might have a listen. And you're just sitting here going, fucking hell, mate. Where am I? Well, that's the essence of this podcast and it's why we have the community that we do because you get it. You'll swing with me. You'll come along for the ride. All right, that's enough from me. Yeah. God, I'm a bit sad now. That's okay. I'll just sit with it. I'll go and watch something. Oh my. Real, Real Housewives of Melbourne, I've been catching up. Chica, for those of you who have watched Chica, was at the Bond premiere last night. Oh, I love Chica. Gina Liano is obviously my favourite housewife of all time. Like I even love her more than Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. Insignificant ass hair. I really feel like I need a side project to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I have so much to unpack but Michael doesn't watch it and I know a lot of you don't watch it but like I still, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in so much trouble. So I still... I still like Erica. Oh! I mean, come on! She's a problematic diva. Ching, it's expensive to be made. I, I hope she didn't know anything. I hope. She put on the performance of a lifetime during those. She was rock solid, man. She, woo! 10 out of 10. She did not back down. She did not waver. She didn't buckle once. Anyway, all right, I'm going. Ah, oh, the joys of having a brain that's wired in the way that mine is, huh? Thank goodness. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
Joining me now is 16-time <laughs> actor award-nominated Michael Lucas. The last time we spoke, it was only how many? Ten. But Ten? <laughs> and both times we've spoken, I've needed to point out that the nominations don't go to me directly. It's just for the show that I, that I no, worked I on. No, I don't hear that. I don't. My brain... Doesn't hear that. <laughs> and the actor award goes to... As far as I'm concerned, Michael Lucas's name will be called 16 times at the award ceremony being held on December the 8th at the Sydney Opera House. Very exciting. Uh, and you've had, you know, you've had some heat this week. We're going to talk about this first. You've had some heat. You're in uh, your first appearance in Gay Magazine DNA. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It does feel like a milestone. Yes, I was quite surprised, actually, because I had absolutely no idea he liked cock. <laughs> Now tell me about like this is a big deal. I remember Joel once did DNA and he had to train for like six months and he didn't eat carbs and he was <laughs> existing on like protein shakes and egg white omelets and he was training nine hours a day. Tell me about your preparation <laughs> for your DNA spread. Oh man. Not only was it zero, the picture, <laughs> the picture that they took was from in the middle of the shoot of of um the newsreader when I was really dosed up on that onset catering and and I, yeah. Uh, DNA, for those of you who don't know, but I suspect many of the listeners of Emsolators No, no, will, do the reset. Do the reset, yeah. They, it, it's, you would have seen it in the news agency because it, mm. it catches your eye because mm-hmm. there is always a very buff, ripped, oiled. Mm. It's just basically cum gutters for days on the cover yes. of that magazine. Yeah, cum gutters, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, are the oblique muscles um, at the bottom of the abs of a very muscular man and in the um, in our world, Michael and I coined that phrase, I'm sure it's around everywhere else, that's what they're referred to as. It's quite an interesting term, I just realised having said it out loud, but that's okay. Yeah, come go to today's. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they interviewed me about the newsreader and it was such an honour And because they do have serious articles as well. And, do they? Um, they? Oh, it's do. not like Playboy. It's not gay Playboy. Well, Playboy has serious articles as well. But um, but anyway, no one <laughs> wants to be in there for the serious article though, let's face it. But I was and it was a lovely <laughs> it was a lovely interview and of course I just, they were asking for a picture and I said, oh, I'm sure, you know, the ABC publicist or whatever that will be able to oh. set you up with some. Mm. Then I get the magazine. Mm. <laughs> you look like a disco pirate. I think that's the best way to describe you. You're in a very blasumi kind of black shirt that wouldn't be, you know, misplaced on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and a, a vest. Well, a vest? Yeah. I, I, my my uh, article came uh, right after the cover boy, whose name was Jake Ryan, who's a, who's a male escort, and he was photographed in in sort of mesh white wet underwear that yes. he was sort of pulling off. And it was a bit oh. of a, let's just say it was a bit of a wet T-shirt situation but for your cock. And it was a wet cock contest. It really and, was. I mean, if you're going to wear white mesh underwear, you want it to be wet. I mean, oh, you do. The, and the impracticalities of white mesh underwear. Let's talk about the stains to begin with. I mean, if I even walk, I get a skid mark. So let's, I don't even know, Jake, hats off, Jake, because he maintained the, the integrity of the mesh white underwear. And I don't know many people who could do that. Also, I would have little bits sticking out like a, like, you know, the skin they put on, I know I say this a lot, on a rack of lamb. Mm. You know when they, you know when they rack lambs? <laughs> I see. I think if that was happening on his penis, that would be deemed as an attractive thing. If it was bursting out like a rack of lamb, you kind of you know, want like that. Little, little bum, you kind of you want know. your rack of penis. <laughs> rack of penis. 
without the sprigs. <laughs> that was my rosemary. Mary, a sprig of rosemary to be seen by my delicate eyes. But yeah, I feel like white mesh underwear is kind of like the prerequisite to be in DNA, isn't it? Like that's that just comes with the Pretty territory. Pretty much. And he was yeah. really delivering. And, and, then and he you was get... hard body and oiled. Oh, like, absolutely. And... Yeah, yeah. And you got yeah. about six pages of him talking about his professional life and how he pleases his clients and then yeah. picture after picture after picture and then you turn the page and there's a headline, drama, with, a, with an exclamation mark. And this picture of me as the DJ in the newsroom where I had like a, a really pointy mullet and a moustache yeah. and I was wearing what can only be described as a silver parachute um, <laughs> vesty jumper, vesty yeah. sort of hoodie yeah. thing and, and big sort of black buffy pants. And I'm just sort of standing there. It's the least, everything about it is unsexy, including my pose. <laughs> I'm just like going, huh? it's just, <laughs> oh, but it was a very, it was a lovely interview. It was stunning. It was stunning. I'm so proud of you. And I'm just, I, it kind of, it's so on brand that that was your DNA mag debut. Yeah. It's just for you, the theatre kid, it, it remained true. It remained true to who you are in your soul. Oh, if you yeah, had got right. buff and wore like mesh, it would have been felt weird. It would. It, <laughs> no, it was right. It felt right. And then after you, if, if people were just dying when they were reading my boring article, then the next one was an article called Sex and the Sailor. Where and and the byline was this month we go to sexual where sexual adventures flourish in lawless places. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a little bit of non-sex with me, and then just back to it. So proud. it was a sex sandwich. It was a That's sex right. sandwich, and you were the meat. And I don't think a, you can call me the meat. I was the lettuce. <laughs> it was a. It was a. It was no, a you were the alfalfa. <laughs> you were the alfalfa sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which kind of look like white mesh. So it's okay. It's okay. All's well that ends well. Check it out uh, in all news agencies. I don't know, wherever you get DNA. Or we'll just put it up online. Marcella will put it up. Um, keeping on brand with camp dramatical, dramatical, dramatic things. Feels uh, right. I'm just going to take a breath. <clears throat> Wicked, the movie, has finally been set into motion. Sharing one wonderful one show. It was announced this week. It was. It was a big and moment. And, the, of course, as, as everyone would expect, I raced to text it to M. Um, she was already across it, of already course. Already across that. She'd already told it, Shella. You did beat Shella to telling me. You're both in this. Uh, I love Because you'd found it out yourself. True, true. Oh, I'd already told Shella. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to do a reset. Like, for those of you who don't know, in 2003, a little musical by the name of Wicked flew into our hearts and, and minds and... It's the only show that I have actually seen on Broadway. Just that's the only one. And I saw it by myself. I just turned 30. I was there for some weird MasterChef cross-promote for Channel 10. Mm. That's when Channel 10 really had money, mm. really had a budget. And I'd been mugged. I had no my wallet had been stolen. And my mum and dad had wired me money so I could buy my ticket for Wicked. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and it, it is... Okay, it was a good choice for your only one, really good choice, life-changing. Yeah. It was life-changing. So it's based on Gregory Maguire's novel Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West and it's centred around Alpha Bar, The Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda the Good. Now, it's essentially the Wicked Witch of the, Wicked Witch of the West origin story. For and those you didn't of you see Adina, did you? No. Oh, no. Okay. okay, sorry, God, sorry, sorry. No, she, she was long gone by then. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Adina Menzel played 
Elphaba. So um, they meet at university and they intensely dislike each other and um, loathing, unadulterated loathing. Loathing, And then they become friends. Popular, we're going to be popular. And then um, they go on a trip to Oz and they discover that, in fact, the wizard is corrupt as fuck. And Alphaba's like, I want to expose him. And Glinda's like, mm, can't we just let it slide? And then choices have to be made. Uh, and so um, their friendship is really put on the line because everyone goes after Alphaba because the wizard, like, wants to squash her. Um, I've heard it said some people come <laughs> into your life for a reason. But ultimately Alphaba has to flee because there's a witch hunt and... Um, so if you care to find me, look to the western sky. Yeah, so, and everyone knows how it ends. We it's- always make him do that at karaoke and, <laughs> and we absolutely know that when it gets to those high notes, she's going to really be, it's just, <laughs> something's oh, going to happen. The spleen is going to burst. Oh, hashtag bitch does not have the range. She doesn't have the range. Oh, I cannot, but. I tell you, does have the range. The woman who's been cast as Alphabar, Cynthia Erivo. <laughs> Have you ever thought that the whole show is a metaphor for our relationship? Yeah. Hundo P. <laughs> One million percent. Although, yeah, no, it is. Although, you just dress more like Glinda, though. That's the only thing. True. But also you would be, would I be more likely to expose a corrupt government? Yes, you would want to keep the peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my God, I've really come off badly in this because it's like I'm the peacekeeper, toe-the-line yep. establishment, and yet, frankly, I still wear the boring black. So I'm, I'm <laughs> taking the worst of both. But Cynthia Erivo is, has been announced as playing Bar, and just the idea of getting to hear Cynthia sing Defying Gravity is giving oh, me... Oh, yeah, I, I know. When that, I just can't even imagine what we're going to need to do to prepare for when that song goes live. Em's going to need to be in a very safe place. <laughs> she may lose bladder control. I don't know what's going to happen. There'll be tears. Just that There'll be liquids of oh. some description. I know that. Oh, orifices, full tilt. Just that moment of that I just butchered. Dun, 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 and Cynthia just, like, rising... <gasps> there anyway. was no choice that could have been more exciting to you. I, I thought about it afterwards no. and I truly can't think of anyone. Like Jennifer Hudson, no. 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 It's Cynthia all the way. Yes, all the way. And, look, for those of you who don't know Cynthia, I mean, where have you been? Tony, Emmy and Grammy award-winning, just needs the Oscar for the EGOT and she's so young and she will get it. Nearly got Probably it for, for Harriet. This. Yeah, the colour purple on Broadway. She was in Harriet, Bad Times at the El Royale, which is a very underrated film. I enjoyed the quirkiness of it. And Widows, one of my all-time favourite singers. Obviously the original role was Dina Menzel's on Broadway. And then <sighs> Glinda has been announced. Controversially, I've noticed on a few fan forums, Ariana Grande playing Glinda the Good Witch. Oh, look, I hesitated when I saw it. Mm-hmm. You needed to remind me of Ariana's yep. CV because I was a bit like, I mean, can she act? Is she? Yes. It's a very comedic role made famous here by Lucy Durack, who was mm-hmm. an absolutely iconic Glinda. Didn't um, miss a show in something like 12 years. Oh, that- se- severe morning sickness. Yeah. Running Didn't off stage to vomit. 
did not miss. The the understudy did never get a go. She never got a go, ever. Durak is known, and she's a friend of ours, Durak is known as just she'll just show up. She could literally have been decapitated and she'll be there in full makeup ready to go on. She's just like, oh, we love that. But love no, Ari- Ariana Grande actually started on Broadway uh, in a show called 13 mm. and then she used to be in a show called Victorious with bright red hair, which Odette, my middle daughter, loved and she played Cat, and she was very funny, very quirky, a bit ditzy. Cat, I love karaoke. Cat, what? Shh. Your doctor said you weren't supposed to talk. Cat didn't say I couldn't say. And there's a lot of Kristen. Kristen Chenoweth obviously played Glinda on Broadway originally. There's a lot of Kristen about Ariana. Like it's that little kind of squeaky cheekiness, which is right. And I was being sick, and I kept smelling something. And I thought, what is that horrible smell? Horrible smell. I had lit my own hair on fire. And Ariana's dated SNL comics. She's been in there quite a few times. I watched that video where she said she hated America and it made me laugh. So oh, yeah. I just think, yeah. No, she I just think- sort of said she just bagged out Americans. She didn't say she hated America. Let's be. Uh, I hate America. I hate America. Oh, I don't care. No, but it was great. It made me oh, really feel connected to her. Mm. Directed by uh, John M. Chu, who um, directed In the Heights. And Crazy Rich Asians, which Crazy we Rich loved. Asians, tick, amazing. In the Heights. Oh. Look, it's a bit long and I'm sure Wicked will be long, <laughs> but we'll be there for it. Yeah, it, we support it. No, this will be great. This will be great. And produced by Mark Platt, who is Ben Platt's father, so I'm hoping Ben's going to be in it because he does need to redeem himself. Anyone you're hoping won't be in it then? We moved to the people that I, look, I didn't even have to spark this movement. <laughs> Obviously, if a musical movie's been announced. You've been laying the groundwork for this movement for years. <laughs> That's like, you're like Trump saying you didn't start the January 6th rights. Sure. Right. Okay, mate, you just built the building that, that right. is now on fire. Sure. I will Oh, have you misspelled my good name? How dare you? How dare you accurately describe the truth? Obviously, if a musical movie's been announced, James Corden uh, has shown up. It's just like it's like he has like it's like when when the Commissioner Gordon needs Batman and the thing goes up in the air and Batman's there. It's like James Corden just knows, and immediately all the wicked fandom have got together and started a petition at uh, Change.org, and ba- all it says is this. James Corden in no way, shape or form should be in or near the production of Wicked the movie. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's all it says. Oh. At the time of recording, 73,230 oh people have signed. Sadly, and most of the time, we have no interest in what's going on with you. Oh, my God. I I'm feel, I felt initially I felt a bit weird in my ethics about the pylon. It was okay when it was just me quietly doing it in, like, <laughs> A quiet way on our obscure podcast with 50,000 listeners. But when it started hitting mainstream, I was like, Ugh. but then I was reminded how gross he was about the victims of Harvey Weinstein and made those terrible jokes. And then I just kind of thought about how he dropped the special effects team of cats in the shit saying it was their fault the movie was bad. And then I bounced back. <laughs> so- you just got yourself a little bit of a James Corden hatred top up, mm. which was, it was only a couple of clicks away. Mm. He will absolutely be in this movie. I have no doubt. Do you have any doubt? Oh, I, I do. Just because I know, I think people would 
take note of this. I mean, every producer and everything like that has has a Google alert set for their productions and, and they'd be seeing this and he has been in a lot. And I look, I feel like if I were him, I wouldn't want to do it just based on like, need to just step away, have a break. See, that's the instinct you're assuming he has. And there's a difference between you and James Corden. You know how to read a room. You know how to take the temperature and be like, you know what, maybe I don't need to put my mitts all over this. No, 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 no. That seems to be like a call to him, a call to insert himself. I mean, it's, uh, like, it's like him approaching a parked car and one of the sidewalk <laughs> Broadway performances. Some people would say don't start thrusting, not him. <laughs> no, 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 he will. But I think what everyone needs to know, if you're not really into musicals, Wicked was like the Hamilton of musicals of its time because it was the new, up until that point, it was the same old musicals being recycled over and over again. Phantom, Les Mis, we hadn't moved on from there. Oh, Lion King and the Disney ones had come in. But other than that, we hadn't had an original new Mm. one Mm. and then Wicked. Yeah, and it was huge and the Wicked fandom is nuts. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be John M. Chu making any mistakes on this. Like this is, (laughs) if I were him, I would create like a think tank of the most ardent, wicked fandom leaders and make sure they're involved in the creative process. I really, really am worried for him because this is intense. I don't want anyone to underestimate how much the wicked fandom love wicked, me included. And I'm probably at about 10%. Yeah. The people that are at about 90, they never miss it. They fly around the world going to the, see the show. Yeah. That's their full-time job. Yeah. So it's oh, very God, exciting. Oh, poor John M. Shoe. But <laughs> no, I feel, I, I, I feel like he's going he's gonna to work hard and he's going to, yeah. oh, God. And I feel like Ariana, I, I feel confident now that you've explained to me where she's come mm. from and that she might be mm. a good mm. actress and everything like that. I, I, I don't know. I, and It'll also okay. it was one of those ones... Like, it's not a musical, like, for example, Cats, when you hear it and you're like, how the hell are they going to do that? And the answer was they shouldn't have done it. They did it's not. not like they that. should never have. It's not like that. Wicked, you watch it and you can easily see it's a classic buddy movie story with a bit of an epic sweep. And, and it is actually the stage production of it takes its visual cues from the, the movie, from the original 1939 Judy Garland movie. And so it's, it is actually quite easy to imagine mm-hmm. how you could turn it into a movie and it feels like it's been sitting there for a long time and... God. Oh, oh mate, everyone, Leah Michelle, uh, Nicole Schislinger, so many women have been linked to this production, Shoshana Bean. So it's like this is huge. But also they have the book to fall back on, don't forget. They have the source material. Mm. It, was, it was based on the book. So the script, the, um, the, the guy who wrote the playbook and the music is involved with the movie, but they have the script, they have the book to go back on when they're scripting. So mm. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I don't, have, they haven't even started filming. It was very... That's quite, am I right in saying that's rare that you see the casting call happen on Instagram? Because, like, the way it happened was Cynthia found out and pictures were taken of her when she was told she was cast. Yeah, normally it would just be sort of like a press release and then the Instagram would happen yes, afterwards. I love but, that. but, um, I could absolutely imagine, yeah, social media and, and particularly the social media of cast members is becoming more and more Oof. and more yeah. key to everything. Yeah. And so, yeah. but also they were smart. It hit the right tone and the exchange yep. between oh, Cynthia. The flowers. Yeah. Yeah. The pink flowers and, and the Ariana. green flowers. Yeah. It was, it was, it was the right way to go. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I don't care. I'm going to just, I'm so excited. Speaking of excitement, the House of Gucci. This is a very movie heavy. Oh, it really today. is. Movies are back. 
Yeah, it is. It's great. It's good. Um, House of Gucci officially premiered last night and the reviews have just started coming in. But the first thing I want to talk about is what the fuck Adam Driver was wearing on the red carpet. Um, lightsabers and helmets is kind of my job. I, 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 I don't understand how this flew with anyone, especially Gaga. But you've got Selma Hayek and this amazing gold lame number. Gaga, of course, in purple chiffon with um, bedazzled arms, stockings, let's call them gloves, and, like, amazing platform shoes. You've got Jared Leto in, um, like, what Head to toe. Aqua velvet. Yeah. Aquary green. Azure. Looking amazing. And then Adam Driver in a suit that looked like he picked it up from Roger David, ill-fitting, standing like the biggest nerd, and it was honestly like... Dad was chaperoning the cool kids to the school formal. I I've never don't... felt more connected to him. It feels like the kind of thing that I would do a lot. In fact, the Gaga Adam Drive. I feel like there are pictures of us that look like that. With yes. and and she came in her Gucci dress, like oh, I, the entrance. The entrance was amazing, but also she had, I believe, pre-organized a wind machine so that she could come and stand in position and then throw her. What are they? Train, the, train. The tra- no, 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 but it was the, the arm things. It was like these little No, 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 things. she was grabbing the back of her train and oh, throwing it up. Oh, okay. She didn't have, it was a short sleeve dress with the with the bedazzled chiffon gloves. Yeah. But it was the back, the train that she was throwing up. And I loved, I was watching videos of the press shots happening and she would make them stop and then she would command them to make sure the shutter was going as her dress was up in the air. Oh. She was... Totally. Stage managing it beyond oh. belief and I respect her for it. But then I also understand him who just picked out something and rocked well, up. It's not okay. I And I want to I start from the basis of I'm an Adam Driver stan. Like that Absolutely. man can do no wrong in my eyes. I, you love him, I love him, my daughters mm. love him. For all different reasons, Odie loves him because of Star Wars. Chella and I love him from like girls and every single thing he's ever done. And it's just... I saw the photos and I was I was really I was mad. I was shouting at Scott. I was just <laughs> He would have been offered things as well. Of course. The, absolutely. So it was he has it, the, it actually he has when the I say historic, it was a last oh. minute thing, it would have been a refusal and and this is what I'm what I'm gonna do. But I think it's about how he wants to define himself and and that he doesn't want to be drifting into I don't know. He, his tastes are very art house. I mean, I know he does appear in advertising campaigns and everything like that, but I think he, was he sees a horse. himself. He was a sexy senator. Centaur? Centaur, yeah. In a Burberry perfume commercial. Like, now we've got standards on the Gucci red carpet when you have the entire archive at your disposal. Now you have standards. <laughs> I just think play nice. Play with the team. You know, promote the movie. I, I... It irrationally annoyed me. But what didn't irrationally annoy me is Gaga is killing us with the promo looks. Oh. Every time she shows up. Yeah, I know. I know. It's amazing. And it's going to go for so long because it's going to so segue long. straight into the Oscar campaign. And so we, you're basically going to get Gaga doing appearances. We haven't even got to the international premieres yet. I mean, is, oh there, my God. is there an Italian There must premiere? be. There <gasps> has to be an Italian premiere. There oh has to be, although, oh my God. although the Italians aren't happy with the movie because of the accents. Father, son and house of Gucci. Well, 
fair enough. Speaking of. I'm pretty of, sure they'll still manage to organise a premiere. Oh, yeah, 100%. Speaking of, Gaga recently did an interview in British Vogue and this is my favourite part of it. So Gaga plays Patrizia Reggiani and um, Adam Driver plays Maurizio Gucci and it's basically the plot of how she had him killed. And um, she did an interview with British Vogue and she said, it is three years since I started working on it. And I will be fully honest and transparent. I lived as Patrizia for a year and a half and I spoke with an accent for nine months of that. This included off camera. So can you imagine she gets up in the morning? I will have my wheat picks this Sunday. (laughs) She probably doesn't eat wheat picks. I'll have my coffee black, please. Varosan. Hang on, I have to get the character. Varosan, house of Gucci. Good morning. It's a good thing that you didn't meet her in this face because she would have become your best friend and then you would have had to find out that none of it was real. (laughs) It's so true. She said, then went on to say, it was nearly impossible for me to speak in the accent as a blonde, so I instantly dyed my hair and I started to live in a way whereby anything I looked at, anything that I touched, I started to take notice of where I could see the money. I also started taking photographs as well. I have no evidence that Patricia was a photographer. (laughs) But I thought as an exercise and finding interest in her life that I would become a photographer. So I took my point and shoot camera everywhere and I noticed how Patrizia, she's referring to herself, loved beautiful things. If it wasn't beautiful, I deleted it. Oh, so wild. I had not realised that hair colour had such a profound effect on vocal cords. Amazing. And I'm just desperate to know what would happen to your voice if you went blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have gone blonde. Nothing for none. Uh I've never thought about it. So you now didn't this time I cooing could... like Marilyn. You I didn't need gain to. two octaves. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. Like Christina. No, I absolutely now, now that I know, I respect this process. I'm honest, I'm going to start walking around talking like a gaga in Gucci. I'm going to say, Scott, fuck off. Where's my eggs? I am so tired. Children, please do the fucking washing. I am tired. House of Gucci. <laughs> Taking pictures of, of, (laughs) and if you can't filter it to make it beautiful, delete. It is not, it is ugly. It is ugly to my eyes, delete, die, die. Uh, The thing is I am related to people with Italian accents and they don't, they don't sound like that, but it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. No, it does not. We are going to, the campier, the better. And the reviews already have landed. Tell us about the reviews. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm going to say they were actually very much what I imagined. They're very mixed. Um, they're basically, it sounds like it's a bit of a hot mess. That's basically, <laughs> but consistently Gaga yeah. is over the top but amazing and that's what yeah. I want to hear. That's all I really care about. Mm-hmm. The movie mm-hmm. goes for so, so long and they say at times it's pretty incoherent and they say it's tonally all over the place. People are very divided about whether Jared Leto is giving a good performance or an awful performance. I read one where they said it felt like Al Pacino was the only one who knew what movie he was in. <laughs> That was my favourite review. Gaga didn't even know who she was as a person by that stage, so that's not (laughs) surprising. I don't care. It's hitting cinemas November 24th and I will be showing up to my local Westfield Hoyts head to toe in Gucci. I'm wearing Gucci now. I'm wearing my Gucci jumper that I interviewed Chris Hemsworth in. Um, It's my favourite designer house. She's my favourite, one of my favourite divas. I love Adam Driver. I don't care. I'm already giving it five out of five. I don't, I haven't even seen it. And if one day you accept a role as an over-the-top Italian woman, I just want you to know I will support you living as that. For It may test your husband, it may test your children, but there will be me. I, me and I don't Elio wanna... will still yes. be there. 
I just, I just, I'm really appreciative that you don't think I already do live as an over-the-top Italian woman. <laughs> How sweet. I'm <laughs> hoping you think there's another gear. I mean, I, that's a challenge. Guys, there's another gear. <laughs> Apparently I'm only in fourth. Imagine Scott's down somewhere downstairs listening to this like podcast record quietly crying. I am yeah. No, yeah, I mean I would like to say you could remove like the, the, the little half filter that you still have left, but let's face it, that's that went a long time ago. So like I don't know quite know what would happen. Oh my goodness. Before we move on to Dan Andrews and Brett Sutton fan fiction, um I just want to briefly, briefly touch on another movie. I went to the I have to talk about it because I went to the premiere and the people who ran the premiere are running the House of Gucci premiere. So so we've got to keep in sweet. Uh, I saw the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. I thought you two would get along. Much delayed. It was meant to come out before the pandemic and now it's like two years. But it's finally well, here. Yeah, it felt like it went for the length of the pandemic. Oof. Oh, my God. God, it is, it is so, it's way, it's, it's an hour too long. It is an hour too long. I have to tell you, I know Phoebe wrote it, Phoebe Wallace-Bridges wrote she, it. I think she just did a light rewrite. I think she just sort of added she some spicy up. dialogue. Could you, and, and it was you could good. tell? Yep, you could definitely tell that she had put a filter on it. There were some really funny gags and didn't take itself as seriously as the other James Bonds, but he's still courting women who are 20 years old and he's in his mid-50s. <laughs> that still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. The ending is, I'm not going to give it away, it's appropriate and touching. I cried. I cried at the end of this movie, I'll tell wow. you that. To be fair, it, it's a bit of a hair trigger when it comes to you crying. <laughs> I don't I know that that's I'd... such an achievement. Oh, for Bond. Okay, anyway, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I like I said online, I give it three Viagras out of five. And if <laughs> if you love the Bond franchise, you won't be disappointed. But, I mean, meh, it was very long. Okay, we're going to go away, recompose, mainly me, and then we're going to come back and talk about some Australian politics sexual fan fiction that has crossed my desk. So on brand. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. So this was sent to me by an M. Salator, actually. It's quite exciting. I just love that you say cross my, it's cross my desk, as though people raise and go, M, it's the uh, Ospol erotic fan fiction you were asking for. Exactly exactly what happened. It's my electronic desk, um, e.g. the DMs of the M. Salation Instagram account. Mm. And Marcella says, look at this. Yeah, no, we get sent content a lot. It's great. People get it. We've got a, an army of producers out there. We, we don't even have to pay. I mean, I don't pay, Chella. I mean, I actually do every now and then. So crikey.com, we have to thank Cam Wilson for this incredible, I mean, investigative journalism. Thank you, At Cam. At its finest. Thank you, Cam. Oh, what? This is the greatest, the greatest content Crikey's produced, I think. I mean, obviously they're trying to trip the Prime Minister up and we respect them and all of that. So there's an, a website called Archive of Our Own and you can literally type any TV show character. Oh, there's newsreader sex fan fiction, by the way. <laughs> I have I have heard. That you can't this. read it. You can't read it because you don't want to, like, you don't want to, you can't. But I can tell you I have read it and whoop, 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 sassy <laughs> stuff. There's a lot of sexual frustration in the newsreader, a lot of erst <laughs> and a lot of, so mm. I'm not surprised that people have taken it upon themselves to, mm. to provide the sexual sequences that I denied. <laughs> And as a writer, what an honour for you. Sure you've got 19, oh, 20, yes. sure you've got 29,000 actor award nominations, but 
Oh, you mean no, I know, absolutely. I know, yeah. I know. It's, well, it's, so, yeah. it's so bittersweet because there is no high, like I could not be more honoured and yet at the same time I can't read it. But <laughs> so but moved if you type to tears. In, yeah, if you, if you go to Archive of Our Own and type in Brett Sutton or Dan Andrews, there is a lot of people who have decided that those two are in some kind of relationship and we're here for it, to be honest. Totally, totally. <laughs> Now, I, I really liked the choices that they made with how to how to slowly build the tension mm, and, and mm, lead mm. us into it. But also it feels like Dan's in a relationship with a few people when you read some of them. Well, I wouldn't use those terms. Mm. The first one I came across was called Damn, Andrews. <laughs> Already genius. Have you got it there in front of you? Have you yeah, got yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to read this, the summary? All right, the summary is... Do it in a fan Sorry. fiction voice. Yeah. What is that? Just like saucy voice. Yes. Yeah, I'm saucy so voice. bad at it. This will be no, why no, I didn't no. get it. No, no, no. I won't make eye contact with you, Kate. Undeniable feelings are brought to light during the struggles and turmoil of lockdown. Will Dan Andrews be able to admit these feelings without losing the adoration of his people? Will Gladys ever be able to escape lockdown? Nobody knows the best way to handle COVID, especially with the spreading Delta variant. But how much harder will it be when our leaders struggle to handle their spreading feelings? <laughs> well done for not going the third leg and say spreading legs because that <laughs> felt like it was spreading cheeks, whatever, whatever, whatever it was going to be. Felt like oh, it was on the cards. It's just, and like some of the fiction, it's so great. There's a certain bite in the cool winter air this evening, Dan notices, wishing he'd worn his North Face jacket. He pulls at the cuffs of his blazer as an assistant straightens his collar, staring ahead the day's COVID stats on his mind. Luckily, his old friend Brett is right beside him. Peering <laughs> up at Dan, he stares. He shares his signature smile, mm. which Dan can see despite his mask. <gasps> He's glancing to the side, Jerome. Ah, yes! Gives him a thumbs up, relaxing his nerves. <laughs> Woo! It's like it, it starts, you think, oh, they've turned it. It's a love story. And, oh, it's a love triangle. And then by the end of it, you're like, this is a love, like, octagon. It's just yeah. unbelievable how, many, how much sexual tension Dan's having with everyone in oh, this. Oh, yeah, because later on Dan unlocks his phone and he's kicking back drinking Brett's homebrew. Yeah, Brett homebrew is big, guys. And Dan's drinking it, loving that he's so close to Brett in such an intimate way. And he looks at his phone and he sees two messages. One's from Peter Credlin. No, no, one's from Brett, who shares a picture of him with Jerome, both smiling. Dan feels a pang of jealousy in his chest. He's watched their relationship bloom and now he's all alone. <laughs> then he sees a second message. It's from her, Gladys. I know. Wild. I do. I love a bisexual love triangle or quadrangle or whatever we're in. Mm. Do you know what Gladys says? Have you got it? Read it. It's a short text, but the fact that she sent it at all means the world to Dan. It reads, You're wrong if you think Scotty is going to give you more vaccines than us. Dan locks the phone and holds it to his chest, grinning as he takes another swig of Brett's home-brewed beer. Oh, how he adores her teasing. Oh! Ah! The attention to detail! I'm so happy that this exists. And the subtlety, I want to say. Yeah. Because often fan fiction does not go the subtle route. And as I said, I haven't read the news in a run, but I hear that it's not, you wouldn't describe some of There's the... There's no subtle roots in the fan fiction. That no, is No, sure. but this one, 
this this is really it's quite internal and intellectual. It's not, but or is it just sort of laying the groundwork so he's got a long way to travel or she? And 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 who's and who's Dan going to pick? You know, like who does he end up with? Jerome, Brett, Gladys, Peter. Peter Credlin gets a lot of mentions. You know, so I think Peter Credlin would be sort of like in the mid part of the story would be the darkest moment. But then ultimately, yeah. I feel like it's we all know it's got to end up with Brett. We won't stop in terms of looking for ongoing improvements. Obviously, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you've just shown your hand there, doll. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Gladys deserve a solid? Dependable boyfriend after the Daryl debacle. Oh, I've got to type in Daryl. In, I've got to type Gladys into this website. I have to go. I have to go because I need to type Gladys into this website. Well, oh. Just click on the hyperlink. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm going to go there. And the, and I do encourage people to read the newsreader fan fiction because it's amazing. Um, all right, well, that's it for us this week. What... Where are we at with your actor's outfit? I think I may have persuaded you to wear Gucci on the red carpet. Is that where we're at? Well, in a staggering twist that it does feel like an amazing compromise that if only US Congress could learn from us. It feels like M has permitted for me to wear my wedding pants, just be yes. clear, not yep. the whole outfit, but mm-hmm. the pants, mm-hmm. if I match it with a tailored Gucci, Gucci blazer. Blazer. Mm-hmm. And a brooch. And a brooch. <laughs> yeah. Very important that we have the Gucci B or maybe, yeah, the B or maybe, yeah, no, I think the B. And then some kind of amazing shirt. And it will depend where we go with the shirt, depending if we go like with a velvet or a jacquard. And do we want to have like the, the Gigi, the Maman logo, or do we want to just go like velvet? But, and if we go no oh logo, that's why we need the brooch. Because it signals to everyone, this isn't a velvet jacket from Roger David. This is Gucci. Look at the brooch. And are we doing what branding. colour? Is it a colour or is it black? No, I, I'm really, really going to push you heavily toward the red velvet. The red? The one that Gwyneth Paltrow wore the female version of to the Gucci parade that just happened. So that would be lovely. Oh, the Goop Christmas list has come out. I didn't even get to that today. We'll do that next week. It's amazingly ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, no, the, I'm, I'm feeling red Gucci power on the red carpet. You nominated 16 times. You solely Again, not shot, me personally. directed, produced... Acted in this show. It was a one-man show. The newsreader starring Michael Lucas wrote the music, sound mixed it, <laughs> did everything, researched it. So I feel like this is the time, and this jacket will be an investment. We'll archive it. It's like I, you obviously haven't seen how much they are, but you can afford it. You can afford it. You're in, you can afford it. You can. Afford it. <laughs> you can. You can. Oh, it's God, investment. I dread it's to think. It's All great. Right. All right. Yeah. He's wearing Gucci. The red velvet. I think. All right. Chat next week. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. Well, that's it. Hey, I have a very special announcement that I forgot to do in the intro. So hopefully you guys all listen to the outro. I don't know. But we are going to be doing a very Emsolation Christmas, a very Emsolation Christmas live spectacular. Yes, and you're all invited. No matter where you live in the world, you can attend because we're doing a live stream Initially, I was going to do just like a live thing in Melbourne, but I'm still nervous about coronavirus. It doesn't feel right. I don't want anyone to be in any sort of compromised position. So Michael and myself and Chella and Ben and Liam, we're all going to be in a studio. We're going to stream it out live on the World Wide Web. And the tickets are between $5 and $25. You decide what you want to pay. It's a sliding scale. It's up to you guys. 
all the information is now on the Emsolation Instagram page. We do have a limit of how many people can attend. We're putting a cap on it at 5,000. So I know there's 50,000 of you, so get in quick. Buy your ticket and you'll be able to watch us on Sunday, the 12th of December at 8.30pm, live in your lounge room. You can interact with Michael and I, you can ask questions, and my dad, Vincey, will be there. I'll be singing Christmas carols, I'll be singing some Mars Singer songs. It's just going to be like a two-hour spectacular. What else would you want to be doing on a Sunday night? Also, if you do buy a ticket, we're going to keep it online for a week after. So if you can't be there live, you will be able to watch it or just watch it again and again for the week following. Very exciting. A very insulation live Christmas spectacular. I can't even get the title right yet, but um, it's given me, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be like a regular insulation recording, but you're going to be able to watch us do it. And then that recording will also go out on Spotify on the usual Thursdays. So that's all very exciting. It's at the Emsolation Podcast Instagram. Instagram. All the information, all the tickets are there. <laughs> all right. Thanks for being here this week. I also want to remind you to keep interacting with our social media. The algorithms have all been changed. Instagram and Facebook are deciding that maybe our content's too spicy, so you're not going to be seeing it. So if you're in the Facebook group, go and put content in there, like people's posts. We always look in there for content ideas for the show too, to keep sending articles and things that you find. It's really helpful. And also with the Instagram, make sure you're liking and sharing. Marcella, my daughter, who's the social media captain, puts lots of effort into it. And also on my Instagram too. So just deliberately go and check the accounts every couple of days and interact with it all. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram know that we're okay with you. The newsletter will be going out as usual today at lunchtime with all the information on the live events, all the links to the movies we spoke about. If you want to be a part of that um, newsletter, that's also, all the information is also on our Instagram page. Gosh, we're just really getting there, aren't we? Have a great week, my darlings. We'll be back as usual next Thursday. Until then, oh, I should have had a sign already. Um, I don't even know. Like, just just be rad. Like, just don't be a dickhead. Just be, just be a good, non-dickhead, dramatic, spicy, awesome, caring, flamboyant person. Lady Gaga, basically. <laughs> Bye, guys. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music. With videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry wine and coffee from M's dad Vinci. Get more Emsolation by following the Emsolation podcast on Instagram where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other Emsolators at the Emsolation group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you